what you bind on earth is bound in heaven so will you build my house will you build my church will you be like nehemiah and build the house of god yeah i will build your house i will build your church i will be like nehemiah i'll build the house of god yeah i will build your house Are you ready to receive from the Word of God? Come on, church, why don't we stand to our feet and with much excitement, please let's clap our hands and a shout of joy as we welcome Pastor Chris. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we ask for your help. Your blessing on our meeting tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may all be seated. I just want to welcome you all to our long-awaited conference after two years of absence. It's been a long time, but we are going to start rolling again. Amen. I'm sure that we're all rusty from this long holiday that COVID-19 has brought. But I trust the Lord that His Holy Spirit will touch our lives afresh because we are gathering like eagles here. Amen. Let me just have an indication. How many of you are leaders in your church? You are some form of a leader in your church. Lift your hand up so that I can see. You're not sure. You're not sure if you're a leader or what. If you do anything that is a leadership, all right. The others are not leaders. You are going to be leaders soon in Jesus' name. Amen. So let me first say that uh, welcome from my wife, myself, and all of us here at BMI. We are so thankful that we can now meet in this cathedral. It's not yet completed, but the idea is that there will be many, if God spares us, many such conventions in this cathedral. Amen. Um, we had to adjust our program slightly because we had the sad news of one of our pastors that passed away. So tomorrow morning, the service that would have started at 9 a.m. or the conference will now start at 1 in the afternoon so that we can graciously um, and respectfully lay to rest uh, L.P. Leone. Maybe some of you know L.P. Leone. She will be buried tomorrow. She died on Saturday morning. Saturday morning of a sudden heart attack. But nevertheless, uh, God is with us and we will we will then meet again at 1 uh, p.m. Also be aware that this load shedding has really messed us around, but we have secured a generator 
so that we won't have any issues with the power here. Amen. We'll have no issues with power. We trust God for that. Now, I also trust God that you would have a mind to attend all the sessions. I'm aware that people sometimes come to a conference because their pastor insists they must be here, stuff like that and stuff like that. I think we must ask ourselves the question, when we, when we saw each other last, before COVID, there was no meetings really in COVID, isn't it? When we saw each other, well, when was it 2020? 2020. What is different from you from when we saw you last? Ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor. What is different? What, 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 what has happened in your life? What improvements are there? Have you gone up? Are you now a bishop? What are you? You know, ask, ask if there's any developments that happened since 20, it's 2022 now. It's two years later. I'm saying that to tell you very clearly and very humbly that there was only a sand here when you came here in 2020. Uh, now, we, in, in, in all the lockdown, we have not been locked down. Amen. Yes, so I want you to, when you come to a conference like this, you must, you must learn not just from what you hear me say. You must also learn from what you observe. Amen. You must learn from what you observe because a lot of my teachings is in the unspoken word. The words I don't say. But what you see around you, the interaction, many things you must be a learner. Are you hearing me? Yes. You must be a learner. I have a, a problem in that is that I have a lot to say, but I don't have enough sessions to say it all in. So the Holy Spirit must really help me to give to you the medicine that you need. Amen. Yes. I have uh, spiritual needles with me. Yeah, I vaccinate people. Yeah, I vaccinate people against a very dangerous disease. And I know that many people hate vaccinations. They are afraid of a needle. Yeah, but I don't vaccinate against human disease. I vaccinate against demonic diseases. And I vaccinate against treachery, disloyalty. And those who don't take the vaccine, they normally don't survive. Yeah, that's why it's important that you, as you are here, let's go down with this pulpit. As you are here, you must really be open to learn. And also bring this down, please. Now, this is not a church service, it's a teaching session. Amen? It's different. I welcome all the board members here. Clap for the board members.
And if anybody, uh, if anybody wants to know why we make a, a big thing about loyalty, because it's a doctrine that we as a church um, really believe has given us or taken us to where we are today. Amen? Amen. Yeah, it's a teaching that has taken us. And I am very sure that if you take it seriously like we do, you can also have what we have. Amen. Amen. I have to say it with all humility, but I have to use us as examples in many cases of what God has done for us. Hallelujah. So it's a teaching session and it's an interactive session, all right? So you don't have to be afraid, just relax, uh, and I'll see how far we go. Because in any case, the light is off where you live in Wellington or Mamasbury, isn't it? Your lights are off at home, isn't it? So why don't you stay in the house of God? Amen. All of you must develop a love for God's house. Yes, I know I'm dealing with many disloyal people. But God is giving you a chance to transform from a disloyal person to a loyal person. Loyalty is not just backstabbers with knives. It's people who get agitated if the service is too long. There are many, there are many reasons why you can be disloyal. Don't just think it's because... Oh, I didn't stab pastor in the back. No, no, no. There are many things that irritate you. It's your disloyal nature. And it can take you down. Are you with me? There must be a real excitement in you every time you gather. You must believe that God is real. And God wants to touch your life and touch your heart. Amen? Yeah. So let me start by... Um, saying important things to you and then we're going to start to teach. There is a lot of food for you at the back but you must pay for it, I believe. <laughs> Let me just, before I start again, thank God for keeping us these two years. All of you that are here obviously survived the corona pandemic. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. <clears throat> we lost one of our board members in the pandemic. And um, <clears throat> I'm sure in your churches and in your families you must have lost people. But we thank God that it seems that that pandemic is by and large dying out now. Amen? But I want to give God thanks before I start for lifting us, lifting me up from the miry clay, putting my feet on a rock, and then giving me this establishment. Yes. A lot of people call me bishop, and I always said I cannot yet take the title bishop because Bishop Dag made it clear to us that a bishop must have a seat of government. Are you with me? And the seat of government of a bishop is his cathedral. Yeah, so anybody who walks around that's called a bishop and he doesn't have a cathedral, 
He's not the legitimate bishop. <laughs> yeah, a bishop is a, in our layman's terms, he's an he's a, he's a overseer. He's an overseer. But what does he oversee if he has nothing to oversee? <laughs> hey, let me say straight from the start, there's a lot of things that boggle my mind that, that, I'm, that I find strange. I find strange if you think that if you follow someone, um, that you can't see where you're going, you know? What I mean by that is the person you follow, the person you follow, yeah, you will, you will have what that person has. You won't have anything different or anything greater. <laughs> Are you hearing me? I'll come back to that one. It's just something that boggles my mind. Yes, how, how people think. There's bishops, there's apostles. There's, but whoever you follow, you will only have what that person has. You, you, will, not have, you will not be greater than, uh, hardly. A servant is never greater than his master. Yeah, yeah. So you will have what he has uh, in, in accomplishments, you see. And I'm saying that to say first, I thank God for establishing us and, and giving us the seat here because it, it really helps and it will even benefit all of you as you sit here. Amen. We want you to be glad with us and you are also going to enjoy all the benefits that it brings. Hallelujah. Because it helps me to teach others. Yes. Not just by clever words, but by demonstration of what God can do. Are you hearing me? Too many talkers in the church today, brothers. Too many talkers. We need people that can show what God can do. In Mark chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, they asked of Jesus, uh, verse 2, many hearing him was astonished, saying, where has this man these things? What wisdom is this which is given unto him that such mighty works are done by his hands? Amen. Your works will talk of your wisdom. Hallelujah. No works. If that scripture is right. If that scripture is right. Amen. Anyway, let me say thank you to the Lord then for the blessing, for keeping us. Then I want to honor my fathers, which I think is also good. I'm telling you, learn from what you hear and from what you don't, what I don't say. I honor my fathers in the faith, Pastor Lafoy, my father in the ministry, my authority that I stand, submit under, the one who ordained me in the ministry. Amen. We were blessed to have him more than once in the pandemic to preach to us. Then Bishop Daguerre Mills, we need to really pay honor and respect to such a great mentor. This loyalty teaching is from the books of Bishop Dag. Yes. He, the God gave him this great revelation, and um, 
I was blessed to be connected to him by a divine arrangement. Hallelujah. And I'm a, I'm a big follower of Bishop Dag. Copier. We have a little clip, but I, my son couldn't get it ready in time where, where Bishop Dag endorses my teaching ministry. It's powerful. I think by tomorrow night they'll play it for you. Yeah, where Bishop Dag endorses. He says, so I've come to a place where I don't really need your endorsement. Look, you, you don't need many people to tell you that you have done well. But you need certain people. You see, it's not how many, it's who. <laughs> yeah, so I don't care really what everybody says. But what a few people says matter to me. Yeah, and I've been endorsed by the bishop to say that I teach well. Yeah, he said, you teach very well. He said that he likes my teaching so much, more than? <laughs> I'm just paying tribute to him, and I'm telling you honestly that all that you see here is because I humbly follow a man of God. He's not an angel, he's not Jesus, he's a man but part of the loyalty and the honor teachings, which is part of loyalty, has taught me that I must humble myself and follow a man that God sent to help me. Amen? Amen. People with big attitudes and big minds, they can't follow other human beings. Yes. I, I'm so sorry that, you know, the generation before us, or when I grew up in church, this teaching wasn't prevalent that I'm saying to you now. That you must honor a man or a woman of God. You see, it was kind of washed away. We were not taught to this, 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 this. We were really... And so the church became so critical over time. We were just good at seeing the wrong in pastors. I mean, church members were sitting and saying, no, that is not correct. And then they had sayings like, we only eat the fish, we spew out the bone. Such stuff like that. Stuff like because we judged the ministers that came to teach us. We were rather inspectors that inspected them. And I thank the Lord for such a great leader that, I've, that the Lord has blessed me to come across his path. And that is another key for all of you. You need to find someone. You see, the person that God will send across your path will be divinely orchestrated for you. Yeah, you can't just choose. Pastor Clint Ross always says, you don't choose your leader, or you don't choose your mentor, you discover him. In other words, this is from God. Are you with me? Yeah, you can't say, no, I don't like this guy, I don't like this. There might be things you don't like, but if, it, if God tells you this is the one, then you must follow that one. Are you listening? Amen. Then you must follow that one. And then from there, all the things that God wants to give to you will give to you. But you see, humble, people who are proud, they will never follow another person, so they won't get anything from God. Yeah, that's why it's hidden for the proud. But its grace is given to the humble. 
Yeah, you must be able to say, this is where I get what I get from. Hallelujah. Then I want to also thank, I don't always do this, but I want to thank my team or my close associates who's been working with me for the many years since I started because they also give credibility or credence to my teaching. That's my wife, Pastor Charlie, Pastor Robin. These people started with me in the ministry 2003 and they are still here. Amen. And if you notice, they are the senior leaders in this church. No new person can come here with whatever job or degree or what you have. We don't work like that here. No, we look for the faithful people who stayed here over a long time. Yes, when, when, when they had to choose someone in the place of Judas, they said, look for someone that has moved with us over a long time. Yes, who was with Jesus, who saw all these things. Yeah, not a novice. No, 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 no. Pastors, I'm teaching all of you. Don't fall for somebody coming in now with a nice suit from the Chinese shop. Don't fall for stuff like that. <laughs> hmm. People are so full of issues, I tell you. No, rather stick with the devils you know. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, that's a great thing. Now, warfare. Let's start. War, a good warfare. Turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy 1.18. I'm just introducing to you something. Tomorrow, we want to flow in a very important subject. But I'll tell you that tomorrow. Amen. Don't miss out. Don't miss out. Today, I just want to introduce the subject of loyalty. I'm also fully aware that there are many people that have joined our church here at Breakthrough that you knew that's never heard these teachings before. And um, we will teach, we will start to teach you all the elementary things. Sunday morning, uh, I don't expect the other churches to be here. You go back to your churches for Sunday morning service. I will continue here with some basic elementary loyalty teachings. Amen. Why loyalty, the stages of loyalty, the signs of this loyalty. Very, very crucial. But for the conference, I'll be taking some other stuff on. Hallelujah. Now, you might, listen, let me tell you something. It's not only ESCOM that tried to stop this conference. There are many factors that you might think is coincidental that the devil doesn't like, so he will interfere, interfere with this conference. Are you with me? And one of the things I see recently that's floating on Facebook and other social medias is pastors standing up against the, the loyalty message. Yes, and I just say to myself, these men lack understanding. Everybody say understanding. understanding. Yeah. And I find it more and more common that pastors, especially pastors who harbor runaways from other churches. 
They are pastors who harbor runaways from other churches. Then they speak against the loyalty message because it doesn't suit them well. Yeah, I'm telling you now, as I've come into this conference, I've noticed all the attacks of Satan. It's almost like the devil is trying to also say to us, don't bother to teach this subject anymore. But you see, this is exactly what he hates. This is where we hit him deep. We're making war against an enemy. He hates it. So you get clever statements like, what is this idiot statement that's now on, glowing on Facebook? Um, you can still be friends with people who leave your church. We are not in gangs. Please record me. I want to speak. I want to address these idiots. That's an idiot statement. It's foolishness. And I'm going to talk about these things also if God keeps us through this conference because you see, don't get impressed by sayings. They are clever sayings. But it's not scripture. If you want to say something, tell me where in the Bible do you see something like that? Are you with me? Because that is the devil's tactic to get you. In other words, they are actually saying, pastors, don't be so concerned about teaching people loyalty. Let them hop from church to church. You can still be friends. What? Say what? As if friendship means nothing. As if your friendship means nothing. But let me tell you that your friendship means everything. You know the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. Yeah. Then the Bible also says, I'm giving you scripture, not wise sayings. Are you ready? I'm teaching. I want you not to fall for stupid sayings. It's not the first. I saw a few and I realized, hey. And there are pastors that's reveling in this. I heard one pastor say, um, that's correct. You can still be friends. And if you are friends with them, they normally come back. He was just coming. And the other one said, yes, yes. But I can guarantee you that pastor does not have more than 50 people. Because he, he, he likes people to hop from place to place. And then they visit a little here, then he says bye-bye, then they go again there. He, he can't grow his work, he can't grow his shirts because he allowed foolish statements to come into the church. I, I'm, I'm just introducing loyalty. Listen to the scripture. Hmm, this new machine must be set for me. Listen to the scripture. I'm going to come back to, 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 to our main scripture. Yeah, that's it. Don't be fooled. Do you know? Listen, listen here. Listen here. Romans 16, 17. Romans 16, 17. Just so that you, I clear your mind from all these nice sayings. They are nice sayings, English sayings. 
Like cleanliness is next to godliness. It's not in the Bible. It's just an English saying. Maar zij denk as die skrif, as jy die skrifie, sy ken nie jou Bible nie. Cleanliness is next to God. Sê die jyre nie so nie. One day a lady said to me, maar sê die jyre dat nie cleanliness is to sê, ah, die jyre sê nie so nie. Sy ken nie jou Bible nie. Listen to what God says. I now make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. And if you are here now, and, and if there's any agitation in your spirit, then please sit and listen to me for these three days. We're going to take that devil out of you. Now let me show you the verse after that to tell you about these sayings. No? It's in the Bible. Go. Such people are not serving Christ our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. You can still be friends with people who leave your church. We are not gangs. We are soldiers of war. That's what we are. And war is more serious than gangs. More. Bring me 10 gangsters with Okapis. And bring me one soldier with the AK-47. We see who's going to shoot who. <laughs> yes, we're not gangs, but we're soldiers. Hallelujah. Soldiers of the Lord. In the army of the Lord. That's why Timothy is told by Paul. Go now to my verse. First uh, Timothy 1.18. This charge I commit unto the son Timothy. Paul had a son. Spiritual son. Amen. It's a good teaching, fathers and sons. Hallelujah. Now some people also say, the Bible says, call no man your father. <laughs> if that's right, then we mustn't call our father's father, because your father is a man, isn't he? Don't call him, rather call him daddy. They try to do but they don't see the one before that. Call no man your teacher. So if, if, if your mommy asks you, what did your, that, that lady that stayed in front, man, we can't say the word, but the lady who, 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 your rabbi or something, something. You mean my teacher? No, 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 call no man your teacher. Don't say that word. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest make war. Hallelujah. There's a prophecy that went on to Timothy. And there's a prophecy that went on to you, I'm sure. The day you were born again, there was good prophecies that people spoke over your life. And you had to be further than what you are today. 
but you didn't realize you must make a warfare for the prophetic word to come to pass. Hallelujah. You thought that everything will just fall into place. You didn't know you're in a war. <laughs> you don't know the devil hates everything that God likes. Yes. You see? So you tell yourself, why war? There's another concept that, sorry for me to say this word, but simple-minded people are taking around. We mustn't talk about warfare. We mustn't talk about fighting. You see, it's, it's people have a lack of understanding. Say again, understanding. They don't understand the tricks of the devil. So they say love. That, that whole thing about we are in gang, it's a, it's a love mindset. Love one another. Love one another. The loyalty teachings is to help the work of God to grow big. Amen. Amen. Pastors, by and large, struggle to just get 50 people to sit down on a Sunday. Is it true, pastors? Because the devil hates the work of God. You must understand what I'm telling you today. So he comes to steal, kill, destroy, and whatever God has built or instituted, the enemy will fight. For example, God instituted marriage. Marriage is always under attack. Yes. God planted the church. With the death of Jesus Christ, the church was born. The church is under attack. Yeah. Everything that God made, designed, the devil hates, and he wants to make it fail. He wants to take it down. Are you listening? So we are in a war, if you didn't know. Let me give you some scriptures just to show you that we are in a war. We, uh, let me just give you the scripture that you can see. Revelation 19 verses 11. In righteousness, he doth judge and make war. In Revelation 19 verses 11. In, I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, loyal and true. Yeah, Jesus' name is loyal. Amen. And true. And in righteousness, he does judge and make war. Now, war, Pastor Chris, it involves a lot of killing. Sorrow, sadness, and death. It's a terrible thing that can happen to men. I always tell my, my people, they don't, they must thank God that as much as South Africa is in a terrible state, we must thank God there's no war here. When I saw the war in Ukraine, I, I told the people, you don't understand what these people are going through. They must pack up their stuff, run from their houses, leave everything behind. It's, it's, they get divided. Husbands are taken one side, children one side. It's terrible. And I, I love to watch war movies. My wife doesn't like war movies, but I like war movies because it's very real. Yes, and the history of mankind, Bishop Derek told us this, the history of mankind is by and large the history of war. If you take any history book, it's just war, war, fighting, rebellion. In Africa, if it's not wars with other nations, then there's war among themselves. 
Are you, are you with me? Yes. But I want to show you that there's a warfare. Amen. If anybody asks you, why is the conference called warfare? You must take notes with your pen here and then you can tell them. Number one is that, that God, uh, although it is a, God is not really associated with war. But, but, you, you, you ask, how can God want people to die? Does God want to kill people? Does God want to harm people? No, 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 no. God doesn't have evil plans. But it's the rise of an enemy that needs to be crushed that brings about this war. Are you hearing? There's a rise of an enemy that needs to be crushed that brings about the war. But there's a godly way to make war. There's a wise way to make war. And God wants you to make war in a wise and not a foolish way. And if anybody thinks we're not at war, you lack understanding. And Satan would like you to have the mind that we are living in peace under the Prince of Peace. Satan is telling you, there's nothing to fight about. Why are you people, every time I talk about loyalty, then I even get senior pastors in the city say, you level need to These people, the churches don't grow more than 200, 100, but then they make such remarks, you see, because they, they, they don't, you see, John Wesley, the, method, the pastor who planted the Methodist church, he made a statement. He said, a farmer who plants a crop and does not fence it in is allowing the wolves and the jackals and the rabbits to come and eat his fields. Are you with me? So a pastor who starts a church and he doesn't defend what he has planted He's allowing the jackals and the wolves and the rabbits to come and to destroy what he has planted. So you can still have this mind. Beloved, Davi, lovey, Davi. You're playing with a dangerous enemy. And once that enemy bites you, as much as you're now part of a church, it's not long that you find yourself distant from the church people. You're no longer doing God. You no longer have a love for God. You, you, you eventually backslide. It starts by this notion, your lack of understanding. Are you with me? That's why the devil comes for ignorant people. Mense wat nie lekker ken en verstaane. Die duivel kom vir jou. This loyalty works well when people are ignorant. That's why Paul wrote in the scriptures, he says, we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. In other words, the tricks of the devil. Come on, are you here? We must discover his tricks. And part of my job, I believe the Lord gave me, is this one, unmasking the enemy. I'm showing you the devil. I show you, because the devil's tricks are the same. It never changed much. Are you with me? You think the devil is going to come to you with wildness and you won't recognize the devil. <laughs> when he came to Eve in the garden, he wasn't wild. He was just nice. He said, did God really say? You mustn't. And you know what they lost there? 
They lost the whole garden because she wasn't aware of the enemy's tricks. Now, the Bible calls him that old serpent who deceives the whole world. Don't ever say Satan can't deceive you because the Bible says he deceives the whole world. There's two words I want you to write down that I want you to remember. It's called delusion and deception. I'm teaching you and you're going to learn from me, okay? Delusion and deception. That is the major weapon of Satan. What is a deception? You believe something that's not true. You believe a lie. Are you with me? And one of the lies is that don't be so fighting. Don't be so warfare-minded, pastor. What about love? Shouldn't we love one another? God's word says we are at war. Amen? It says we must war a good warfare and we must fight a good fight. Hallelujah. Here's some reasons why we must war a good warfare. Because Jesus Christ leads the armies of heaven and makes war in righteousness. That is in Revelation 19. I just read it to you now. He makes war, righteousness, he does judge and make war. I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he, judge, he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. If you don't have a Bible, it's on the board there. His eyes were as a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon a white horse clothed in fine linen. So you can see here, Ladies and gentlemen, that there is war in the heavens. Hallelujah. Then, uh, 1 Timothy 6 verse 12, we are instructed to fight a good fight. God is urging us to fight. And a good fight is a fight that you will win. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith, 1 Timothy 6 verse 12. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and had professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hallelujah. We are instructed to fight a good fight. Number three, we are instructed to war a good warfare. That is the, our main verse for this conference. This charge I commit unto thee, Timothy, that you must make that by the prophecies that went on before thee, that thou us war a good warfare. Hallelujah. Paul described his ministry as a fight. He said in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, I therefore so run, not uncertainly, so fight I. What is Paul doing? Fighting. Say fighting. Fighting. So fight I, not as one that beat the air. Hey. And then, just before he died in 2 Timothy 4, 7, he said, I have fought a good fight. You all know the scripture, I'm sure. 
We have fought. Jelle wil het mis quote as jelle gaat le in die kus. Hallo? Jelle wil ook die mense sê ook, hey, fought. Sy het nie beklein nie? Sy het niks beklein nie? Die duivel het jou soos a pop in die ronde gevat. You never fought. You didn't resist the enemy. You see, if you win the battles, then your life will be a testimony of it. Yeah. Your life will have scars, but you will show that you were in the war. And you will have... You see, warfare has to do with losing or winning. But if you have been winning, then must show us the, the stakes of the war. What did they have Brother, sister, what progression did you make in your life in the warfare that you had with Satan? Or did he block you every step of the way? Did he, did he win the war against you? You want us to say when you're lying here in this coffin, she fought a good fight. Met a man het sy beklea, met a man. Maar nie met die duivel nie. Okay, the last part of this warfare is that we are instructed to have weapons of warfare. Yes, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3. We all know this. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I just want you to understand that warfare is scriptural. I'm a man of the scripture. I'm a man of the word. I don't tell you things that I'm showing you from the word that we must fight. We must make war. Hallelujah. And then lastly, we are instructed to arm ourselves. Pick up your weapons. He says in Ephesians 6 verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the armor of God that you may be able to stand against the tricks of the devil. That's that word, the wiles of the devil. Hallelujah. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Here come his story. No. What is this fight about? It's not what you can see with the naked eye. It's what is hidden. Are you listening? Now let me tell you the real story about loyalty and disloyalty. South Africa. Our country. Our beloved country. As some surrounding countries. Some is landlocked, Lesotho, you know. Now, what do you think will bring South Africa down or destroy South Africa? Do you think Lesotho with his military power can destroy South Africa? I ask you a question. Do you think? Ek dinge liste kling. Swaziland. Do you think Swaziland will, will, will be the cause of the destruction of South Africa? I also don't think so. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Can they just, can they, I don't think there's enough money to buy bullets in Zimbabwe. A war is very expensive, you know that. Botswana. No, it's only Gems Bok and some uh, giraffes and stuff. They, they, they can't. There's no military power. 
We're talking about war. Namibia. Ach, nee, wat. So if it's not those military powers around us that will destroy us, what do you think will destroy South Africa? The gov- Why do you say the government? What, what, was, what is the government doing? I heard it here. Say again. Corruption. Yeah, no problem. What else? Infighting. Hey. Factionalism. I said, Ramaphosa and his cronies versus Zuni, Zuma, <laughs> Zuni. <laughs> Zuma and his cronies. Is it true? So you're actually telling me that we will not be defeated by a power from without. You now just told me that we will be defeated from a power from within. And I don't have to teach you loyalty and disloyalty anymore. Because the church, the church will not be destroyed from without. But the church is destroyed from within. Yeah. It's inside the church that the devil is already sitting in some of the people. Now Jesus addressed a human being. Human beings. Human, human, human being. And he made this wild statement. He said, you guys, one of you is a devil. Not me. Your liver Jesus. Almachtige Jesus. He, out of his mouth came these words. One of you is not like a devil. He's a devil. <laughs> yes. Jesus had 12 disciples. And at one stage... He told his disciples he must go quickly because the prince of the world cometh, but he can find no place in him. You see, in other words, there was no accusation that the devil could bring against Christ because Christ didn't mess with women. He didn't steal money. So there's nothing from without. So how was Christ to be destroyed or crucified? Somebody with insight. And that's why this teaching of loyalty becomes crucial because the enemy is operating inside the church. You just don't know it, but if you allow me, if you just allow me a little bit of time, I'm going to unpack it for you. Yes. And by God's grace, I suffered tremendously with my, when I started my church 19 years ago, my fledging church. I had bouts of disloyalty, but I had not yet met Bishop Dag. Yes. And then one day when somebody told me about a man that writes about the things I'm experiencing, I said, I must find these books that this person told me about. 
that's when I discovered this little book with the Doberman on called Loyalty and Disloyalty. When I saw inside the book, I saw my church members. I saw them there. And it was like a medicine to my soul. Yeah. And my church could never really reach more than 100. We were just about 80 people, 100 people. On a good Sunday, 150. Yes. But when I discovered the tricks of Satan, and I started to inject the people with a vaccine, anti-disloyalty vaccine, yes. Now the problem with this vaccine is, it's not a once-off injection. <laughs> you need boosters. Now, I don't want to talk to you non-vaccinated people. I don't want to make that a debate, but I'm using it as an example of, 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 of just common sense that you need an injection against this thing. One pastor said, Bishop Dag told me that he met this pastor. The pastor was very thin. Thin like a rake. And he said, Pastor, why are you so thin? The pastor said, I'm fasting. Non-stop. So he asked him, but why are you fasting so much? He says, there's some terrible brothers in my church. My associate pastors, my assistant pastors. They keep finding fault with my preaching and they keep uh, uh, instigating people against me and one of them have broken away with a section of the church. Yeah, and they always have something negative to say in the board meetings. So I'm fasting for God to intervene. And Bishop said, no, 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 no. Fasting will not help that one. Prayer is good and fasting is good, but that one must be cast out. Proverbs. Is it Proverbs 10? Give me that scripture. Cast out the scorner. Cast out the scorner. And strife and contention shall go out. It will stop. Yes. 22.10, sorry. Cast out the scorner. Throw out the mocker. And fighting goes. Hey! Quarrels and insults will disappear. Let me tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, since I discovered this medicine, there has been no quarreling in my board meetings whatsoever. Never. No, the mocker is out. The fighting is out. We fight the devil, but we don't fight one another anymore. No, 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 no need. No need. No need. You know, I'm afraid to go too deep tonight because I'm afraid you won't come back tomorrow. I really want you to sit down in that three-hour session where I will be, sh I'll be injecting you. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, the injection doesn't help <clears throat> um, the whole herd. We don't get herd immunity. No. Some of the disease still come through the injection. Yes, because some people, they still became disloyal, although they sat like you now, under the teaching. Just recently, the Lord told me something. I, I'm telling you this now. I was talking to my wife about it. And we were talking about why marriage must always have arguments. You know? Because there's a book, How to Love Your Wife. There's another book, How to Love Your Husband. How to Go Nice for Journeys. Everything, everything. But you see, the teaching in the books are good. But the curses in the air is stronger than the teachings in the book. Yeah. The curse that is sent is so strong. The teaching will only minimize the effect of the curse, but it can't completely remove it. Yeah. So I'm not surprised if any one of my people, BMI, be rebellious and next year you leave the church. I wouldn't be surprised anymore. I was in the beginning when I thought, hey, but I can't teach, man. What did you I'm no longer surprised because the Lord told me the curse is stronger than the teaching. The curse. So you can see husband and wife. There's no husband and wife that doesn't argue and fight. I tell you the truth. You can be Prince Charles. You're right, you but I end a fruit divorce. I mean, it's a prince. What do you need? Diana's cupboards was from that hole to that hole, they say. One dress sold for a million dollars. Why can she complain? She had shoes to wear every day. She wears shoes once, then she give it away. Why would such a woman complain? Sisters! And unto you, Eve, because you have done this thing, in childbearing you will suffer and you will desire to control your husband, but he shall rule over you. You are cursed to fight and you are cursed to argue. You know it, but the curse is stronger than the teaching. Only the Holy Spirit and God's wisdom will minimize it. So this loyalty, listen, don't say, Pastor, but you said the same stuff last year. It's a booster. It's a booster. And Sister Sarah, it's your first time you're getting this injection. Listen very carefully, my sister. You see, people like you and others that is, that's going to be a big benefit for the church, the enemy is targeting you. Yeah. The enemy doesn't want churches to grow. Let me just talk plain language. Whatever church you belong to, right? If your pastor had kept everyone that came in that door from 2010, there wouldn't have been space in that church for all the members. True or not true? true. Archbishop Duncan Williams said he doesn't want to talk about loyalty and disloyalty because it hurts him too much. He said if all the people stayed in his church, 
you would have had 50,000 members. But he only has about uh, maybe 3,000 now. That is how the enemy wreaks havoc in the churches. Havoc. Because people don't know that the devil is busy working, working in their minds, working in their emotions, makes them offended, gives them an independent spirit. Yeah. The pastor says, this is how we do things here. You come with another style. I don't do it like that. You don't know. You see, everything, the first, the, the whole disloyalty is, 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 is a threat of Lucifer. Yeah. Lucifer was the first lever. The, the English word is the quintessential lever. The one who left a place that he should have stayed. He was in heaven. There's nothing nicer than heaven. But Lucifer was unhappy. And he left heaven. He first had an issue with God. He had an issue with his uh, fellow uh, angels, archangels. There's a book that my daughter has called uh, The Fall of Lucifer by Wendy Alec. It's a nice story of how Lucifer fell. It's almost very similar to the Bible, but it's a very nice description. But you see, God didn't negotiate with Lucifer when he was coming up with his nonsense. God booted him out. Cast out the scorner. But Lucifer had enough time to influence a third of the angels. And all of them left like those who lived with Absalom in the simplicity of their minds. Simplicity. Let me try and just cover one or two of the notes here, Jesus. Come back, 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 back in the name of the year. Face ID. Hallelujah. So this conference, you know, it tells you that Satan is coming for you. Satan is after your soul. Don't think because you're born again, you are free from the devil. The Bible tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from us. But Satan only leaves you for a season. Then he comes again and again and again and again. Are you listening to me? There will be a tech on your life, but there will be a tech on your loyalty. Now people say funny things. Loyalty, but this die. Loyalty simply means faithfulness. What, is, what does it mean? It's another word for faithfulness. It is it. Your Engels was so good. No verstands any loyal. Loyalty means faithfulness. But that word is a better word because you know that the Bible describes God as a faithful God, isn't it? We let Virgil sing that song, faithful God, faithful God, yes. You also sing, great is thy faithfulness, great is thy loyalty. But when we teach about it, what's a loyalty? The devil say for you, all's well for you, fast man, 
Then stories like, it's a cult, the church is a cult. Look, they don't want you to leave. These are all lies. The enemy also accuses. The enemy is called the accuser of the brethren. So he makes accusations. Anybody can leave. Nobody's tied with it. If you want to go, you can go. And it's not all people who leave that live in rebellion. Most live in rebellion. Most. But there are occasions where people leave for legitimate reasons. Pastor, I'm moving to the doerings. Of course, there's no problem. You see? But if you make a blanket statement and you say that all people who leave can still be friends, you make a mistake. Because there's a reason why you leave. You see? The Afrikaans daar is a rede. And your rede is always the Heilige Geest that you have The Heilige Geest has given My season is over. And I scatter your corpse. Not knowing that Satan is busy taking you to your destruction. Because Satan only comes to steal, to kill, destroy. Young man, you think you've got something. Recently, a young man stopped me here by the door. In my own church. He was a visitor here. I think he's about 16 years old and so on. And... Uh, he asked to see me because I was deep sea fishing. Deep sea fishing is after church. You greet all the visitors, you know. Pastors must greet the people. So I was doing that. And he said, Pastor, I want to, can I just have a word with you? And I thought, okay. Sometimes they want to say how the message touched them. Most people tell me with tears in their eyes, Pastor, you preach just for me. So I thought this was another of that. Pastor, you preach this for me? So I said, oh, sure. You can talk. And then he said, <laughs> but when, he, when, when I, he spoke nicely, but as soon as I said yes, it's like you go into another mood. mood. Even if he said, En jy moet aanvaar wat ek vir jy sê. Want dis die geest wat jy my praat. Hy sê, die bybel sê, mens moet tamelijk aangetrek word as hy na die huis van die Heere toekom. But he had a, a pants that's full of holes in. Also like, like the youngsters, you know. These pants that look like it got stuck on the hakkie draad. Yeah. Hy sê, I'm sorry if you don't, un- if you're English here. Anybody English that don't understand what I'm saying? I'll translate for you. Yeah, okay, I'm going to try. But I can not in Afrikaans, but I hate you to pray. I say, the script says, men, we're tamelijk aangetrek word. As you pray, I say, I know I can see rechtly, but I can clear the Heere for school and get Then he said, the Heere say, 16 year old, I guess 60, 40. It's not cop. I know, but you can 
De Heere sê, hoekom laat hy die gemos toe in die kerk? Hy sê, wat die gemos? Hy sê, die mense wat hier sit, is vol veel geeste. Ek sê, brada, hou net jou mond. Hy sê, nee, ek wil klaar, ek sê, nee, ze gaan nie klaar praat. Ze praat toek, man. Want hoe moet die veel geeste dan kom, as hulle nie na die Heere toe kom nie? I was saying, I was telling you that to tell you, that ignorance is the main weapon of Satan. He wants to keep you ignorant. You don't know the stuff I'm talking about now, what, about loyalty. Waarvan praat Pastor Chris? Ons is aan goeie kijk, mense. Dat is wat hy dink. Dat is die man dat ook gedink, hy is een apostel, een profeet, ek gaan nou huil, ek sê van my, hey, ek kan nie sê wat ek om gesê, dat die man is een bankie. Listen, there will be attack on your loyalty, because everything that God built is under attack. But the Bible says, and this is what we're trying to get to you, that those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Yeah. You see, you were just about to flourish and then you moved on. Any tree that is planted all the time from place to place cannot grow strong. Yeah. And you will always find, it seems that you just come to this new church and say, Fuluk, nah, this is a for me. Now, who come now in a few months? You didn't think about it? You don't know there's an enemy that's busy working in your mind? And it's the same old trick that is using to destroy the churches. Your pastors are sweating. They're working hard. Remember, they are not attacked from the outside. It's on the inside. <coughs> Rebellious members, disloyal members, unfaithful members. You know, the Bible says in Matthew, when Jesus told the parable of the man that had the talents, and then he came with the right talent, he said to him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now the word faithful is loyal. Amen? Loyal means the same. You are constant. You're the same. You're steadfast. You're not easily shaken in the wind. You're steadfast. You're moving. Yeah. You stand fast. Two words will be said to you when you enter heaven. Your goodness and your faithfulness. Well done, my good and my faithful servant. Well done, my good and my faithful servant. I'm even going to tell you when you must leave your church, if you stay here long enough, amen? There are times you must leave. So it's not that we are, it's this thing about the accusation that we are cult. It's a, it's a life, it's Satan. Because if you, if you look at the fruit of people, that is the ultimate end of everything. Your fruit. Has your move made you grow greater than what you were when you were here? And I tell you, 100% never does it really happen. If a man lives a good world place and a good world pastor, like Pastor Chris, it's very seldom that you will excel. Very seldom. I haven't seen it yet. People who live in rebellion, they never amount to anything. 
Are you listening? So, Psalm 92 verse 13, if you are planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of the, of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2. Are you still here? Verse, get ready quickly for a song. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. Let verses just sing, then I'm going to speak for 20 more minutes. Amen. Listen. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2. It is a requirement in stewards that the man must be found faithful. This is the key verse for the loyalty series of Bishop Dag. It is a requirement. Amen. This is a requirement for Christians. If you're driving a car, there are certain things in your car that's not a requirement. The car can still drive. Just ask Jevin. Where's Jevin? <laughs> Jevin's car doesn't have a CD player. Because the CD player is not a requirement. It doesn't have an air conditioner either. <laughs> because the car can still move without that. But it must have an engine because that is a requirement. And it must have four wheels. That's a requirement. So it is required of stewards that you must be found faithful. The opposite of faithfulness is disloyalty. Disloyalty is another word for treachery. A traitor. A backstabber. That's disloyalty. So, let me close with this. Spend a few minutes. I'm going to finish now, now. No? You see this thing? Hmm. Rick Joyner writes a book called The Final Quest, where he had a vision, you know? He had a vision of eternity. Yes. And similar to John, well, it's not the Bible, but John on the island of Patmos also had visions of God. Are you with me? So the Lord gave Rick Joyner this vision, and I think this vision will really, really help us um, if we just, uh, I want to explain to you how the enemy works in the churches. Yes. Um, he said, he saw a demonic army that was very large. Let me just, let me just, Get there quickly. I'm just working this thing. Uh, what was that? Um, those who are ignorant, right? Those who are ignorant. Yeah. He saw this army that was very, very large. As a demonic army. The Lord opened his eyes. He had visions of God. Beautiful. Rick Joyner's vision is like this, right? He saw a vision of a large demonic army marching against the church. Are you all listening? The main aim of this demonic army was to cause division on every possible level of relationship. He, he, he saw in a dream an army marching against the church. And they wanted to cause division because that's the work of the devil, division. Churches with other churches. Congregations with their pastors 
and even husbands with their wives. Are you all listening? Another notable aspect of this revelation was the weapons that the demonic army was carrying. Now listen carefully. I noted in particular that the spears which they were carrying was called treachery. Now another word for treachery is disloyalty. The only spear that the devils were carrying was a spear of disloyalty. It's the highest form of disloyalty. And Satan's principal spear against the church is the weapon of disloyalty and treachery. Are you hearing? And uh, I realized that many churches that had suffered major setbacks had suffered these things because of disloyalty and treachery. And I thought about how many great men of God that I had grown to respect and considered how their ministries had become stunted. There were four arrows mentioned in the vision. He sees this army walking. The, the arrows are accusation, gossip, slander, and fault-finding. Are you all listening to the, to the weapons of the devil? They're not pangas, not guns. Accusation, gossip, which some of you, many of you are busy with, gossip. Slander, you talk bad about people, and fault-finding. I'm sure as I was preaching here, many of you already find fault in some of the things I was doing. Yeah. I'm telling you the weapons of Satan. On the surface, these four weapons do not sound very effective. They do not even sound like weapons the devil would use. However, if you are in the ministry for years, you can see that the most potent weapons of the devil are these very things. Inexperienced people would dismiss these as minor problems. And many people have considered these arrows as trivial things that every minister can easily handle. But the devil knows that accusations weaken, confuse, and paralyze the accused person. No matter how innocent the accused person is, once he's accused, he's drawn into a state of confusion. Then he asks himself, why would they say I want to steal money? Uh, people have already said of me, I'm a thief, I steal people's money. It's like I have a master's degree me, in education, so I could have earned a lot of money. I come into the church, but the accusation is directly opposite of what I'm really trying to do. And that's how an accusation works. It tells you something that you, and it brings confusion. And once there's confusion, that's when the devil is moving around. Are you listening? Yeah. Accusations are so powerful that after a while, even innocent people begin to agree with the accusations. They paralyze the accused person. And once you are paralyzed, you're left in a state of inactivity. And as the accusation spread, the accused person does not even have the confidence to move in the circles where the venom has spread. Slander, gossip, fault-finding are all forms of accusation. These things weaken, paralyze, and confuse the church. 
This confusion is within and without the church. And the accused person is confused. And the hearers are also confused. And many people never overcome this confusion. Say mercy. So you see, there's no mention of occult, the devil's weapons. There's no like occult, voodoo, murder. No, treachery, gossip, slander, fault finding. That's how Satan works. To do what? To break down the church. Yeah. So you sitting here and you have a spirit of a fault finder. Yeah, that's the spirit of criticism. So you, everything is wrong. So they say, hallelujah, praise the Lord. The service was nice. But then after the meeting, you have your own meeting. Amen. Then you have a little guy. I don't think, uh, Pastor, the big skim gegooi for ochen. Pastor, for weisike na, na, me too. And so on. But you didn't, when you, when you were in front of the pastor, you were a pretender. Say, ah, it was a wonderful message, wonderful message. The church has many pretenders. God, and this is what breaks the church down because now when you, when, you, when you say something negative about your own church, that's why the church can't grow. That's why many churches can't grow. We were blessed on Sunday. We had 1,030 people here on Sunday by us. We had, our chairs was too little. And that is our target. We're going to keep growing so that we have three sets of thousands, thousands. But we can't do that with rebels sitting in between us, slightly gossiping and treachery and uh, slander and criticism. We have an issue with the pastor. We have an issue with his wife. We have an issue with the assistant. You have issues with everything. And that's why your church can't grow. Are you hearing me? Satan knows one thing, a house divided against itself cannot stand. And the primary strategy of Satan that we are fighting against is to cause division on every possible level. And the strangest thing that this vision showed that this army that was coming was Christians coming. And on the back of the Christians were demons. It's the vision of Rick Joyner, great man of God. I met him some years ago, very great man of God. That the demons were riding on the back of Christians. He said in the vision, the demons couldn't enter the Christians. That's why uh, Derek Prince also says, a Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but he can be demon-oppressed. Do you understand? Yeah, so the demon is on your back. Yeah, and he said that in the vision... Every time you see, when the Christian disagrees with the devil on his back, say that the devil of gossip is here or something, then, then if he disagrees with it, the devil, the devil gets weaker. But then he calls other demons to come and assist him. Then when they jump on the back of this person, then, 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 then the Christian gets weaker again. So you say, if you resist them, if you, if you disagree with them, then the demons get weaker. That's why that scripture is true. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But if you don't, then they get stronger. Yeah. And this army was marching against the church, but it was Christians. They were thinking that they're doing something good. They did the same as Apostle Paul when he was busy killing Stephen and killing other Christians. In his mind, he thought he was doing God a favor until Jesus met him on the road of Damascus and said, what are you doing? 
He said, Lord, but I'm killing these heretics, these pastors that are not doing it. The Lord said, no, 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 you're not fighting against them. You're fighting against me. So any one of you that's causing your pastor's problems, really you're not fighting your pastor, you are fighting the Lord himself. And you see, for you, my brother, there's a great uh, future in your own church. But the enemy might be using you to, 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 with one of these weapons to cause a stumbling block that your church can't grow, can't grow and explode and expand. Are you with me? Yes. So, everybody just has a reason. Why they can't enjoy their church. Why they're unhappy in the church. That's a reader. Say after me, that's a reader. But it's a lie from the devil. It's the strategy of Satan for the church. Are you listening? What is the strategy? Divide us into small fragments so we can't have big churches. And we blacks and colored people in general, our churches are all small, tiny fragments. As soon as it starts to grow, then somebody comes with some evil plan inside and he moves away, takes half of the people with him. So the church is always small pockets. Bishop Dag's anointing has come and left something behind that some of us are grabbing onto it and we're now starting to see the mushrooming of mega churches. Hallelujah! We will be a mega church and we are a mega church. Glory to God. We are fighting these devils. And you see, every time we preach like this about loyalty and disloyalty, people get uneasy. But we want them to get uneasy because they are hiding. We want them to. We want to make a fire that the snakes can come out. But we actually don't want you. We don't really want to kick you out. We want you to confess and say, Lord, I'm that one. Please forgive me. I didn't know, but now that Pastor Chris is talking about these things. Slander, gossip, factionalism. Listen, you forum groupies in the cake. This is demonic, it's from Satan. We are all one big family. Yeah, we should be working together as brothers and sisters. As Austin Hala and Austin Hala. The devil wants to break down the church. And the devil will use the people in the church to get his work right. I'm teaching this because so many churches struggle. I'm talking about 30, 40 years. You see, the pastor only has 150 people. Can it be? Because of ignorance. They were waiting for attack from the outside. The attack is already on the inside. See, but it will take a strong leader to stand up and say, brother, no negotiation. One of my pastors went to hand out this warfare flyer in Delft. And, he, and they, they walked into a pastor that was once in this church. Yeah, and they, they said they invited him. I said, why did you do that? No, he must also come. I said, I will, not, I will not allow him in here. Do you see? I will not allow him in here because what, what is the message I'm giving to those who remain faithful with me? 
that you can be a rebel and, 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 and a wicked man and just come back and say sorry and sit here. You must be mad. No, 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 no. I, would, I, would, I, I said, you invited him, but it's your own fault because I'm going to embarrass him. I'm going to ask him, to, you can't come here. No, 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 you can't just be, do what you want to and be a rebel, then get up, start your own church, and, and it's not even from God, because if it's from God, it would have grown. Alles sing net, alles net een skrifa, wat twee en drie in sy naam vergader, daar is hy in die midde, en alles een chorus, hy is hier, om ons te sien. I'm closing about faithfulness. I'm closing about. Sit Annie Kittel Feller, make your coffee in the good warm. I'm going to go. You're 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 going to are you listening? Stop doing what you are doing. Because you don't realize what the pastors have gone through or what the temptation is the pastor had to face. You know? Sometimes in pastors' marriages there's problems and some pastors are divorced. So I learned by Bishop, don't, don't, don't say anything about that because you don't know what, the, what, what is the real story behind the story. Rather be quiet. Don't criticize people. He was talking about Mike Murdoch, actually. He said Mike Murdoch had gone through a divorce. And Mike Murdoch himself said he had written, preached about marriage. And he couldn't believe that this thing happened to him. And the people that, that he taught was now throwing skim. You know skim? They were throwing skim back at him and say, these are the, these are the, the wise sayings. Take it back. It, it was terrible, he said. It was a terrible experience in his life. He didn't ask for it. A good man. Yeah. But the people were gossiping, gossiping, gossiping about it. You see. Benin. Benin. I'm talking about how gossip and accusations and how the devil can... Benin was a, had a big church called Orlando Christian Center. 5,000 members. Benin's church closed down because the people inside the church, they were causing problems for him. They were giving him lawsuits. All this nonsense. The devil knows how to kill the church. I'm telling you. Somebody fell under the power, hurt his neck. You know, America, they go to everything to lawyers and the lawyers sued him, sued him and then eventually said, no, let me close the church. They chased Benny in out of Orlando and he moved to some other place. Great men of God with great healing power. They don't play with Satan. Because you can't be friendly with people that are used by the devil, you see. Yeah, that's what happened at Orlando Christian Center. Yes. All you need to say when people start to tell you to talk bad about the church and your pastor, say, I have no comment to make. What must you say? We're teaching you these things. Today I was telling Pastor Robin, a lot of our new members, they don't know our culture. Him and Pastor Charlie will have to teach the new members the culture. Every church has a culture, the way we do things here. 
Yes. Let's teach them our culture. We don't talk about other pastors. We don't gossip. It's, it's, it's the tactic of Satan. We don't accuse. Accusations is the, is the work of the devil. He's called the accuser of the brethren. An accusation is something they say about you that you did. It, it, it's a false accusation. You didn't do it, but it causes confusion. Now all the people come, I wonder if Pastor Chris is really stealing the money. I wonder, oh, the, the, the. do you see? These things kill the church. And the churches, the churches can't grow. But that is coming to an end in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stop breaking up the church. Do you agree? And if people talk, here's the problem that I have with all of you. If somebody comes to you with this, jub, 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 you must say, come, I'm going to pastor. Come, they say, must know. Pastor, I say for me, I like it, pastor. Ah, but so long, pretty, and as well, I used to have it. Say for pastor, what you say? Do you see now? What will happen with him? He will, he will say like, Nah, you got me some friend of his with, with, with Chrissy. You will lose a friend, but it's a good friend to lose. Now I'm telling you that we must protect our churches. Your church should have been far bigger than what it is now. Because you allow this nonsense to happen. It's demonic nonsense in the church. Talking about the pastor gossiping or even somebody else. Sit down, sit down. I pray that it will not happen to you in Jesus' name. <laughs> now, Bishop told me that when you make examples of people, huh, your words are so powerful that the things you say might happen to them. Many people die, you know, prematurely if they, if they miss with godly things. They don't know what they're doing. You might not see a man of God as important to you, but for God is very important. So, so your, your way that you react to the servant of the Lord, the Bible says, Jesus says, as they treat you is how they will treat me when he send them out. If they don't receive you, they don't receive me. You see now, this is God. So it's very, be very careful. But I'm closing with this because of time. I really didn't get to, to much today. I just want to talk to us about, let us in ourselves say, Lord, I want to stop if I am through ignorance being used by Satan. Yes, let's stop breaking up the church. Loyalty does not withhold information. Don't talk behind your pastor's back. Say amen. Because that old serpent that deceived the whole world, it's easy for him to deceive you as well. Are you listening? You must walk in loyalty from today. Because if you want to be a leader or a manager or a boss, you, like, you want your people to be loyal to you, isn't it? Then you must also sow a seed of loyalty. It's not easy. Yeah. You must be loyal to your wife. Your wife must be loyal to you. Yes. Many people don't like the message of loyalty, but they want people to be loyal to them. Like, would you like your husband to have three other women? You say, no, he must be loyal to me. Oh, there you want loyalty, but when I teach loyalty in the church, you get offended. Do you see? And it's hard for a husband to stay loyal to one wife because a husband by nature is a polygamist. 
Dat ek hier nou verder gaan naan. So the ladies whose husbands are faithful, you must thank your husband every night and show kind benevolence to him according to the scripture. Because Abram, our great heroes, let me, let me show you the heroes of the Bible. Abram, Isaac and Jacob, none of them could stay with one wife. Moses had another woman also in the desert where the other one was back at home. David is a man of the God's own heart, but he couldn't, have, he couldn't stay with one wife. He took more than one. Solomon took 700 plus 300 girlfriends. So by nature, a man is a polygamous. So if you are faithful, loyal to one wife, you must always treat that husband very nice. It's very difficult for him. Very difficult. Treat him nice. And actually the Bible says, I don't know why I'm saying this, it's just somebody, maybe somebody needs this. The Bible doesn't use the term sex, like give him sex. It says, show him kind benevolence. Kind benevolence. You know, if you want to be a leader that have loyal followers, you must also be loyal to the people. Let me close with that. Amen. Don't call your assistant pastors devils. Let's build strong churches. Let's build churches where we all work together. Acknowledge your pastor as a leader because every seed you sow will come back to you. You know why people serve me like they do? You see, I've got so many helpers. They're even too many. But I also always used to serve men of God. It was part of when I grew up, I used to serve them. I used to go do work for men of God's houses. I did many. I used to paint houses for pastors. I didn't. They didn't want to pay me. I said, no, 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 no. I, I, I sow a seed. Today, the Lord has blessed me. I have many people that want to help. Yes. Because I sow the seed of loyalty. I'm reaping it also now. Hallelujah. You can't be a pastor and then you just, you, you don't have, you just think about yourself. All you leaders, listen. You, loyalty, in the laws of loyalty, one of the first things is that you must first be loyal to the people. Loyalty runs from the top downwards. The anointing comes on the head of Aaron onto the beard and then onto the skirts. What is on the head will also be in the skirts. If you are a loyal person and a faithful person, your people will start to be loyal and faithful. Are you listening? Yeah. It's a seed you sow. Don't say these are all my pastors are idiots and devils. Don't say that. Let's all speak nice things about our churches. I think that's a good message for tonight. Let's start to say positive things about our churches. Don't worry if your church is in a classroom. My church was also in a classroom. Everything starts there, yeah. But your church can go very strong and powerful if you give yourself wholly to your pastor as an assistant, as a yelper. Don't come half-heartedly to church. Just like one week you're there, the next week you're not there. You are fair with the Christian. We can't build big churches like that. Be committed. Stop the slander, stop the gossip. There's no talking. Anybody who's causing factionalism, come, come, take, come, 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 let's go to that sister. Say, Anna, tell her in her face what you said to me. Tell her, now, tell her. 
They will not come to you again, I tell you, with any of their stories. And don't think the things you say. I'm going to tell, I want to warn my church also. I'm going to give you one scripture as I close. Don't think the things you say don't come to my ears. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 20. Put it in the NLT, let us get. Never make light of the king, even in your thoughts. And don't make fun of the powerful, even in your own bedroom. For a little bird might deliver your message and tell them what you said. Are you listening? A little bird might deliver your message to the king and tell them what you said. So ask the Lord for the spirit of loyalty. We need to be faithful. We need to be loyal. I'll teach you all the other things about how to deal with disloyal members, how not to be friends with this. Why we say that, you know? Why the Bible says uh, a, f- a friend of the world a friend of the world is an enemy of God. You see, friendship means something. Friendship is not neutral. Friend of the world, enemy of God. So if you're a friend here, you're something else there. Let the Lord give you a spirit of loyalty in your heart. That you will, that you will start to be faithful. That you will take the character of God. Be fully aware that Satan wants to break down your church. Your pastor's church. You were sent there as a helper as an assistant to help to help keep up the hands of your pastor to make the church work. Yes, to make the church work well. And God is looking at you because one day you yourself will be a leader and others will have to follow you. What, did, what seed did you sow? What did you teach the people that you were gossiping about? The seed you sow is the same. What the man sows is what he will reap. What the man sows is what he will reap.